Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 2 of Preventive Health and Safety. I'm so glad that you could join us. This is actually the first full week, or actually, uh, yeah, really the first full week of January of 2024. We're starting Season 2 with Episode 1 today. And uh, I, I just really hope that you'll, number one, try to catch as many of these podcasts as possible, and number two, tell your friends about them. I mean, really, I'm trying to do the best I can to get the word out to people to maybe just catch an episode here or there, because there's always something on these episodes that can be very helpful to you and very helpful to others who may just need a little refreshing on some of the things that can help you have a healthier and longer life. That's what this is all about. If you remember our first broadcast, our first episode, we talked about minimizing risk. And that's exactly what preventive health and safety is all about. Minimizing risk means, number one, don't add any additional risk to your life. Whatever. I mean, life is has certain risks, doesn't it? Just living on this earth presents certain risk. We don't want to add any more. They say, well, what do you mean don't, we don't want to add any more? Well, I don't want to add any more risk to my life. I know that, that uh, you know, I have certain risks now that are what we would call uncontrollable risks, like I'm getting older. You, I know you look at me and you don't believe that, but really I'm getting older. And that's an uncontrollable risk. I can't do anything about that. As a matter of fact, I prefer that as to the alternative, right? Uh, you may be, uh, African American. Uh, you may be Oriental. You may be, uh, uh, even Hispanic. It doesn't matter what nationality you are, uh, or you may be male. You may be female. There's all kind of additional risk associated with gender, nationalities, cultures. Uh, and those are kind of uncontrollable risks too. If you know what I mean, there's not much you can do about those things. We're talking about the controllable risk. You know, are you overweight? That's a controllable risk. Do you have a lot of stress in your life? That's a controllable risk. You see, do you smoke cigarettes? That's definitely a controllable risk. So minimizing risk means, number one, don't add any additional risk to your life. And number two, reduce any known risk factors that you may have. Okay? So well, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. Actually, this is a really long podcast. That's the bad news. The good news is that I've broken it down into two different segments. So we're going to do part one today, and then next week we're going to do part two. So we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about diabetes. Diabetes is something that's really near and dear to my heart for a couple different reasons. Number one, uh, just about a year ago, I was, quote, officially diagnosed as diabetic. Uh, if you don't know what that's like, it's a series of blood tests that show where your blood sugar has been over the previous three months. And once it reaches a certain level for three uh, periods in a row, then if it's above a certain level, they classify you as a diabetic, which isn't an earth shattering thing. It just means that now you really got to start paying attention to some things. So that, that's one of the reasons. The second reason is, as many of you know, I have been in the dialysis industry now for uh, 30 years. It'll be 31 years this year. So I've been in dialysis a long time, taking care of dialysis patients. Most of the patients that we have 
are diabetics. As a matter of fact, I'll go a step further. Most of the patients we have are on dialysis because they had uncontrolled diabetes or uncontrolled blood pressure. Those two are the big causes. There's many, many other causes for kidney failure. I'm not going to get into those because our topic is diabetes. But, you know, I see patients all the time that have troubles with their diabetes. They get infections that won't heal. And, and then some of the, especially in the lower extremities, they'll get an infection. It won't heal. It'll turn gangrenous. They'll have to have a foot amputator. Maybe start off with a few toes and then a foot and then a below the knee amputation and then another one and then above the knee amputation. And, and finally they succumb to all these horrible gangrenous infections and die. So, you know, that, that is definitely something that I don't want to go through and I don't want any of you to go through that. So diabetes is something that we really need to think about. It's so prevalent in our nation today. Uh, especially if you're over 40 years old, you, you are at higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes. Let's just, just, just put the cards on the table. All right. That might not be a controllable risk factor. Now, next week, we're going to talk about a lot of things you can do to lower your risk of becoming a diabetic. Or if you're diabetic, it can lower the risk of you actually having any of these major conditions that we're talking about. But today I want to talk in general about diabetes. I want to give you the why today. I want to give you the why today you should listen to next week and maybe do some research on your own, do some reading. Uh, you know, we've never lived in a more informed age than we do now. Anytime you want to get some information on any kind of, uh, of disease or uh, health condition, all you have to do is Google it. All you have to do is go online. You can find so many different articles. I mean, I have... I have access to articles from, from JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association, and, and, and all these other magazines. The Mayo Clinic puts out magazines, CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, down in Atlanta, Georgia. They put out all kinds of articles. WHO, the World Health Organization. And I don't know why I'm going on about this. I said it was going to be a short podcast because I'm just talking about diabetes and I haven't got there quite yet, but I will. But what I'm trying to say is we live in, a, in, a, in an age where at our fingertips on a computer, we can pull up all kinds of things. I can sit down right now in, in two minutes and pull up a diet that will help a diabetic keep from having complications of diabetes. I can pull up a diet that shows how you can prevent, you can help prevent yourself from getting diabetes. All kinds of different things. So take advantage of those things. All right, but don't miss next week's broadcast. You don't want to do that. I want you to I want you to research, but I want you to be on the podcast next week and tell some friends about it. So what basically is diabetes? We can go on to a whole bunch of definitions. Some of you listening, I know are healthcare professionals. You know all about diabetes. Some of you may not know a whole lot about it. Some of you may have had some experience with family members that have had it. Let's just basically say this. You have too much sugar in your blood. <laughs> it makes it pretty simple, doesn't it? When you have a, a, an extra amount of, of sugar or glucose in your blood system, it begins to affect things, okay? In particular, 
it begins to affect your blood vessels. Now, you have big blood vessels called arteries. You have a little bit smaller blood vessels called veins. And then you have capillaries, which are even smaller blood vessels. And those little capillaries go all throughout the tissues in your body and interact with those tissues, okay? They provide blood to those tissues. They provide oxygen to those tissues. They take the waste product from those tissues out and put them back in the veins and then send it up into the circulatory system again. So, I mean, there's a really complex system of networking that goes on when we talk about uh, blood circulating through our body. And diabetes is something that can really hinder that because of the fact that diabetes has a serious deteriorating effect on those blood vessels. So let, let's just talk a little bit about that. First of all, you actually have, what, what pumps the blood through the heart or the body? You know what that is. It's a heart. But the heart itself is a muscle that has to have circulation. Okay, in other words, the pump itself, it has to receive blood. And that it does that through the coronary arteries or the arteries of the heart. So when those coronary arteries become affected and become, uh, they lose their elasticity, they become hard, they become clotted, uh, you know, they have plaque developing in them. There's all kinds of things that can happen to that, but it decreases the circulation of the heart which means the muscle of the heart's not getting the oxygen that it needs, causes chest pains, it can cause a heart attack. So think about that. When it starts affecting and destroying those blood vessels and, and damaging them to the point where they're no longer able to function the way they're supposed to, you're going to have massive heart problems. And that's why uh, many, many, as a matter of fact, most diabetics eventually will develop some tor some sort of coronary artery disease. And you can go on the other side too. One of the leading causes of coronary artery disease is diabetes. So they go hand in hand. I mean, it's saying the same thing in a little bit different way. But it's something to really be concerned about. You only have one heart. You only have so many vessels going in that heart. I know because I had a quadruple bypass. And it was quite extensive, quite, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, it really made a lot of changes in my life. And it's something that you don't want to go through. And I definitely never want to go through it again. But it's because of things that happen on in those blood vessels of your heart that cause you to need things like that. And diabetes does that. Not only that, not only your heart, but think about your brain. Your brain actually controls everything. We talk about the heart being the center, you know, yeah, but, you know, what controls the heart? The brain does. You don't sit there every minute and say, beat, 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 tell your heart when to beat. It's not like you raise your arm back and forth. It's an involuntary mechanism, and it is controlled by the brain. So we have to really be careful about the brain. If the brain doesn't get the oxygen that it needs, if the blood vessels in the vein are damaged, then it can cause a lot of problems, okay? So think about this for a minute. Basically, when, when an artery in the brain gets clogged and a portion of the brain doesn't get blood and thus doesn't get oxygen, 
We call that a cerebral vascular accident or a stroke. And that's something that can be deadly. It can be very debilitating. A lot of people that have strokes end up having perhaps one side paralyzed. Maybe their face droops because their facial muscles and nerves aren't working the way they're supposed to. So it, it can really cause a lot of damage. And, and most of you, I can almost guarantee, have, have known someone that's had a stroke and seen the trouble that they go through. Uh, in the summertime in particular, when I'm going, I have two dialysis clinics that I manage. When I'm going from one clinic to the other clinic, I go past a nursing home, and there's a gentleman that has one of those riding uh, wheelchairs, the electronic wheelchairs that he can ride around. And he rides out there and sits in the sun, which I think is a wonderful thing. Uh, but you can tell he's had a stroke or a series of strokes. And, uh, you know, I wonder what goes through his mind sometimes. I wonder... How many times he thinks about how wonderful life would be if he wouldn't have had that stroke. I wonder if he envies others who are driving by or walking by and getting off of work as he looks into the parking lot of the nursing home and they're going home to their families or they're going out to enjoy life and he's stuck in that motorized wheelchair because he's had a stroke. You see what I'm saying? This is a, a very big thing to think about. And the reason why it happens so often is because we don't think about it. Okay? Remember that. Because sooner or later, you or someone in your family is probably going to end up in a condition like this with diabetes, and you're going to be facing all these problems we're talking about, and you want to make sure that you don't, because you can prevent a lot of that. All right, let's get back to what I was talking about. So you have that. now. So we have blood vessels in the brain. We have blood vessels in the heart. You know what else gets supplied with oxygen from the blood vessels? Uh, nerves. Okay? So when your nerves don't get the oxygen that they need and they don't get the blood that they need, the circulation, it's something It causes what we call neuropathy. Okay? It's a condition of the nerve that causes... It's basically nerve damage. And everything in our body has nerves. We're controlled by nerves. So from the tips of your fingers, the tips of your toes, the innermost parts of your brain, your heart, your organs, all of your muscles, all of your extremities, everything has nerves. You have sensory nerves. You have motor nerves. I, and I'm not going to go into great detail on anatomy and physiology of nerves, but they all can be damaged if they don't get the right amount of oxygen and blood, and they won't get the right amount of oxygen and blood if you have a lot of glucose in your blood system and you're diabetic. One of the things it causes is what we call diabetic neuropathy. It is a destruction of the nerve fibers itself. It keeps them from being able to function the way they're supposed to. My mom had bad diabetes. She really did. And we had to watch her so carefully because she could touch something that was burning hot and not even feel it. She got burned so many times in her fingers, I can't even begin to, to count. Because she really couldn't feel them. She couldn't feel her feet a lot of times. She couldn't feel the ends of her toes. The feeling was just totally gone there. And so that's a real big problem. Not only that, not only does it cause that, It'll cause total numbness where she'd get up to walk every once in a while and she couldn't even hardly feel her feet. And 
almost causes her to fall several times. It also causes a burning sensation, sometimes a shooting pain. A lot of diabetics suffer greatly with these shooting pains that go down into their legs and other extremities, mostly the legs and feet. But it's, it's, it's a terrible complication of diabetes. Now think about this. Diabetes, uh, uh, we talk about diabetic neuropathy. It also goes and infects organs. Voila, we talk about uh, kidney failure a little while ago and people that are on dialysis. That the nerve difficulty and that nerve damage, that neuropathy has taken place inside the kidneys, which have caused damage to the different nephron units and the units in the kidneys that do the filtering. And next thing you know, the kidneys are failed. They're producing less urine and they're taking out less toxin. And because of that, now the patient begins to get sick and ill. And unless they get a transplant or go on dialysis, they'll die. It's all because of diabetic neuropathy. It's something that can really, really affect patients that have diabetes. And it's not something that you want to have. Even though I, in my profession, with all my colleagues, work as hard as we can to help people with uh, end-stage renal disease or kidney failure, that are on dialysis, maybe at home they do their dialysis, maybe in, in a dialysis center they do their dialysis. We try to do the best we can to make them as comfortable as possible, keep them as live as long as we can, hopefully get a transplant. But no matter what we do, it's still a really huge change to your lifestyle. And it's something that is just so sad to see people who've worked all their lives and look forward to retiring all of a sudden now have to go to a dialysis center or have to perform dialysis at home several times a week because diabetic neuropathy destroyed their kidneys. I want you to think about something else. Your eye. Your eye has all kinds of nerves. Oh, you know that. Retina has just full of nerve fibers and endings. So when diabetic neuropathy starts affecting your eye, and starts causing changes and deterioration in your retina, sooner or later, you go blind. So again, you'll find out that many diabetic patients, especially those who have been diabetics a long time, come down with a condition called diabetic retinopathy, which means a diabetic condition of the retina of the eye. It's terrible. You see, they're blind. They're losing their limbs. They're losing their kidneys. They have a, a, a tremendous chance to have a stroke or heart attack. Folks, what I'm trying to say is diabetes is bad news. Now, I'm not trying to, if you have diabetes, you've just been diagnosed or you have it. I'm not trying to say, woe is you, because I'm hoping that you're doing the right thing and have made some lifestyle changes and are working very hard with your physician to control that diabetes so that all these conditions don't take place. But the problem is a lot of people have diabetes and never know it, or they don't take the time to go see a physician and get under control. They don't take their medications like they're supposed to, and then all these terrible things start taking place. So you can have diabetic retinopathy causing you to go blind. You can have a stroke. You can have a heart attack. You can have infections and gangrene setting in 
to infectious sores, causing you to have to have amputations. It's a terrible picture of what diabetes can do. Not only that, they have found that diabetes is also one of the leading, not leading cause, but it is also a causative factor in Alzheimer's and other types of dementia disorders. We all hate Alzheimer's. Oh my goodness, I wish we could find a cure for that. And cancer and heart disease. I mean, I'd love to see a cure for a lot of things. But Alzheimer's is just has to be one of the saddest things, not just for the, the patient, but also for the family. To look at someone they love so dearly and realize they don't even know who they are or where they are. They don't recognize you. And you feel so bad. It it just it tears your heart out. It really does. I had an aunt with it, and uh, it's it's not a, a very pleasant condition to have. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say is we got to get a handle on this diabetic thing. So I want you to think about all the things that we've talked about, all the different conditions that diabetes causes, and I want you to think about what you're going to do to prevent yourself from getting diabetes. Or if you have it, how hard you're going to work to make sure your diabetes is controlled. All right? Look, I know this sounds like a negative way to start the new year off. But I want to start my new year off doing things that I feel will be helpful to as many people as possible. So I'm giving this out to you, hopefully, that you'll give it out to others. Say you have someone that's really overweight and eats sweets all the time has high blood pressure and has other problems. They're getting pretty close to being prone to diabetes. They never go in and see a doctor. Have them listen to this podcast. Or, or if you don't want to have them listen to the podcast, just tell them some of the things that you've learned from the podcast. Play it over again when you're not driving or you have some time to take a few notes. And look some things up on the internet and share them with your friends. You know what? Um... Uh, it's it, it, when you can start a movement right in the preventive health care and safety realm you really can and that's basically what i'm trying to do I, it may never get to a big scale you know i know my days are numbered and i'm not going to have 30 40 years to work on this but i'll tell you what i'm going to work as hard as i can to make sure everybody gets a message that an ounce of prevention is worth more than you can ever imagine and I want you to realize that and remember that the only good diseases or accidents are the ones that we prevent. So please think about that and join me next week. We're going to talk about some, I mean, several different things. I think I have seven, eight, nine, ten things listed that we can talk about that's going to help you be able to either number one, keep from getting diabetes or number two, keep your diabetes from destroying your life. Thank you again. Alan Doherty here, hoping that you're going to have a great 2024. And thank you for joining our podcast and being a part of the movement that's going to help others. And you may not be a healthcare provider like I've been. By the way, this year I'm celebrating my 50th year in healthcare. I'm, I'm really excited. 50 years in healthcare. Wow. I could tell some stories. It's been a long time. But you may not be in healthcare. You may be a banker. You may be an insurance salesman. You may be a lawyer. You may sell cars. You may have a lot of things going on in your life, uh, doing other things besides being in healthcare. But in this one particular way, you can do something to help 
the lives and health of others. Thank you so much, and I'll be seeing you in the next episode.